and we are going to begin with our prelude. opening hymn it is number 690 and we are doing verses but not verses stanzas one and two
The hymn is actually 304 if you're looking in your hymnal. You are no longer strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Alleluia. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Venite, Psalm 95. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of his hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. Psalm 17. Hear my plea of innocence, O Lord. Give heed to my cry. Listen to my prayer, which does not come from lying lips. Let my vindication come forth from your presence. Let your eyes be fixed on justice. Weigh my heart. Summon me by night. Melt me down. You'll find no impurity in me. I give no offense with my mouth as others do. 
I have heeded the words of your lips. My footsteps hold fast to the ways of your law. In your paths, my feet shall not stumble. I call upon you, O God, for you will answer me. Incline your ear to me and hear my words. Show me your marvelous loving kindness. O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand from those who rise up against them. But at my vindication, I shall see your face. When I awake, I shall be satisfied, beholding your likeness. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A Song of Creation. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, you angels and all powers of the Lord. O heavens and all waters above the heavens, sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark, storm clouds and thunderbolts, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. A reading from Genesis chapter 32. The same night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then the man said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, for I have seen God face to face yet my life is preserved. 
the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel limping because of his hemp. The word of the Lord. The song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set him free. He has raised for us a mighty savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. My child shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. <clears throat> A reading from Romans. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowd heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over over the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to Thanks God. Be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is one of my favorite stories. I remember once when I was a little girl, my Sunday school teacher gave baskets to her helpers and they distributed saltines with tuna on them. When the baskets came back and we had finished eating our snacks, my Sunday school teacher lifted the cloths that were lining the bottom of the baskets, and lo and behold, there were more saltines with tuna. I was in first grade at the time, and as you can imagine, the whole class was excited. We were even more amazed when she counted the baskets. She had 12 of them. For some, the feeding of the multitudes is a miracle or a story that inspires the same childlike wonder and trust in a God that delights in creation and in God's children. These miracles are symbols of the kingdom of heaven and a glimpse of the beloved community. But in the Gospel of Matthew, this short story is rich with many textual evocations to other ideas and themes in the scriptures. First, it evokes the story of God feeding Israel manna in the desert, and Jesus himself makes these connections in John chapter 6. Jesus does not see himself as creating a new miracle, as he is not a new God, nor is even promoting worship of a new God. But Jesus continues to embody the actions of a God that the people already knew, loved, and worshipped. Jesus performs miracles that the people of God had already been trained to recognize. Second, this story evoked the idea that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the one who was going to usher in the Messianic age. In 2 Baruch, 
which is a prophetic text written shortly after the destruction of the temple and the exile of Jewish people from Rome. The prophet states, the reappearance of manna is a symbol that the time of the Messiah has come. Since the Gospel of Matthew was written maybe around the same time or even a little bit after 1st and 2nd Baruch, it's not too big of a stretch to imagine that the writers of the Gospel of Matthew use this sign of the Messiah coming to point to Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah as he was the one who caused manna to appear again. Third, the feeling Third, the feeding of the multitude evokes the mystery of the Eucharist and of Easter. In godly play, after Jesus finishes telling all of his parables and performing his miracles, we say, Jesus turned to Jerusalem one last time to become a parable. This idea is foreshadowed in this story, in the feeding of the multitudes since the language used to describe how Jesus blesses and breaks the bread in the story is nearly identical to how Jesus blesses and breaks the bread in the Last Supper in Matthew 26. The blessing and the breaking of the body and tying Jesus's body to the bread that will be given to many is already in this story. So I wondered, if the feeding of the multitudes is a proto-Eucharist, how does that deepen my understanding of the Eucharist? What stood out to me the most is what precedes the miracle. Jesus has compassion and heals the sick. Jesus mends what is broken. And it is only after the whole body is whole does Jesus decide to invite people to the table. And then he blesses and breaks the bread. Perhaps this is why Paul is so adamant about not having any quarrels and to make amends before we come to the table together. I think this is why Paul so passionately exhorts the new churches to be of one body and one mind. Because maybe a prerequisite for true Eucharist is that the body of Christ must be whole in order to receive the body and in order to be the body. Lastly, there is one more element to the story that evokes the, the Easter story. Before Jesus heals the sick and feeds the multitudes, Jesus withdraws to a deserted, deserted place to be by himself. In the verses leading up to today's here, reading, we learn that John the Baptist was put in prison for bringing King Herod's corruption to light. Although King Herod wants to kill John, he doesn't because he is afraid of his subjects who regard John the Baptist as a prophet. He is afraid that if he kills John, the people might riot. So John the Baptist remains in King Herod's prison until one day, King Herod's co-conspirators ask for John the Baptist's head at a party in front of a large audience, and King Herod has no choice but to comply. After this, John the Baptist's disciples go find Jesus to tell him what has happened. 
This is where our gospel reading starts. Upon hearing this terrible news, Jesus gets into a boat and goes off to a deserted place. We don't know what Jesus does in this place. We don't even know where he goes. All we know is that Jesus goes somewhere where he is sure to be alone. Maybe Jesus weeps. Maybe he raises an angry fist at God. Maybe he laments. Maybe he prays. And maybe he even bargains with his heavenly father. Maybe Jesus is angry at the injustice of the situation. Maybe he's bereaved and at a loss for words at the news of losing his cousin, the very cousin who baptized him. Or maybe Jesus is afraid because his ministry and his message is very similar to John's and he could be next. Maybe Jesus prays a prayer similar to the one he prayed at Gethsemane. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. We do not know. We do not know what Jesus said or what he did or how he even felt. All the scriptures tell us is that Jesus goes to be in a deserted place after he hears the news of his cousin's death. We don't know how the crowd found out, but word got out that Jesus was in town and the people are ecstatic and a huge crowd gathers to see the man who tells amazing parables and they have brought their sick, their possessed and wounded to the miracle healer. This huge crowd finds Jesus' disciples and with the disciples wait for Jesus to come back to shore. My heart hurts for Jesus. I want to scream at the crowds and at the disciples. He has just found out that his cousin has been murdered. Leave the man alone. I am mad at the disciples too. Can't they be better friends? Why can't they tell the crowd to come back tomorrow or next week? It would be understandable if Jesus turned the crowds away or at the sight of them if he turned around and took the boat somewhere else. It would only be human to do so. Yet, Jesus doesn't. When Jesus comes to shore, he is not annoyed, he is not overwhelmed, and he is not filled with dread. Jesus sees the crowds, and he is filled with compassion. He goes and tends to the sick, and he feeds the hungry. He makes the crowd whole, and he prepares them so that they are ready to receive the gifts that he has prepared for them. In this story, there are the miracles of healing and the multiplying of loaves, but I think for me, the biggest miracle is the ongoing miracle of the incarnation. In the middle of Jesus' own heartbreak, he is still able to embody the divine love and presence of God. The same spirit that filled Jesus with compassion to heal and then feed many is the same spirit 
that filled Jesus with compassion to restore the ear of the soldier who took him to see Pilate. This compassion, this presence, this embodiment of love in the face of great personal suffering speaks of the incarnate God. Whether it be in front of a crowd of sick, hungry, and broken people, or enemy soldiers taking him to his death, Jesus still embodies the divine love of God. This is what makes me love Jesus, and this is what makes me want to worship him. However, it doesn't make me want to be like him. And I think most of us have an understanding of how difficult this embodied love and compassion is. This makes following Jesus so hard. I don't like that this same compassion is asked of me, is asked of all of us, especially now. I am tired. I think many of you are like me and y'all are feeling the fatigue of isolation and Zoom meetings, are burnt out by the cycle of bad news and are just worn out by age-old divisions that don't seem to be mending anytime soon. If I were to come across a crowd of broken and hungry people right now, I think my first instinct would be to run away. It is difficult work and probably does not come naturally to most of us. I don't think it came naturally to Jesus either. This is the finitude of the human body, mind, and heart. We can become consumed by the tragedies and hardships of this life. And the only way to survive it is we have to make a habit of filling ourselves up with the spirit. Jesus did this. Jesus began his ministry by withdrawing to the desert for 40 days. And while there, he prepared his body, mind, and soul for all the work he had to do. All throughout his ministry, Jesus continued to withdraw to deserted places time and time again to pray, to rest, and to refill with the Spirit so that he overflowed with it when he went out into the world again. This is how we will survive the wilderness that is quarantine. And it is how we will survive the painful and difficult work of healing the breaches in our society. It is also how we will get ready so that we can continue Jesus's work by making the body whole. And in doing so, we are ready to receive the gifts and to become what we already are. Lord, many of us are broken, hungry, and tired, and we long to be whole. Fill our hearts with your spirit so that we may see the way that you see and love others the way that you love. Sustain us as we go out into the world to do your work, and may we heed your call as you invite us back into the deserted places so that we are not consumed by the tragedies of this world. Prepare us so that we may be your body. Prepare us 
so that we may receive your gifts and prepare us so that we may be more fully who we already are. Amen. We continue with the Apostles' Creed on page 10. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. 
We continue on page 11. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church, and because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life, we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory to the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, especially those celebrating birthdays this week. Roxanne Warren, Katie Spencer, Daniel Scholl, Panine Davidson, Michael Chang, and Catherine Lerner. And grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, and spirit, especially those on our parish prayer list. Niall Clark, Glenn Crosby, Gloria Crosby, Diane Goodman, 
Lorna Hamill, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Kathy Klein, Peter Mackenheimer, Michael Miller, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillian Snow, William Victory, Bob Hayward, Michael Wandell, Julie Wiegand, and Peter Wiley. Give them hope and courage in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Sue Rawlings, Gail Wollston, and all those who mourn, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. invite folks to include their prayers in the chat. Prayers for peace for former President Jimmy Carter as he faces his latest cancer diagnosis. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Janet Bell's daughter, Jenny, for healing from surgery last Friday. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Well, we pray for Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg as she faces her health issues while still serving the American people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up everyone who has lost somebody to COVID-19 and for everyone on the front lines fighting this disease. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, for all of the prayers that we have said out loud and the ones we keep in our hearts, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross, that everyone might come within reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name, amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love, in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. 
Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. And we will do our closing hymn, and I apologize. Uh, the first hymn we did this morning was um, 304. Now we're doing hymn 690. And we will be doing stanzas one and two. Thank you, Kathleen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.